Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 445 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. I am Ben Fadden. This is August 14th, 2023, and the San Diego Padres are getting ready for a long 10-game homestand, a three-game series against the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, those Baltimore Orioles, the best team in the American League. I think they've got like 73 wins now. They just got back Cedric Mullins. And this is coming off of a bad road trip for the Padres, a one and four road trip for the Padres. They are one and six in their last seven games. So doesn't feel like the Orioles are coming at the best time for the Padres. We shall see what happens in this series. But the main topics that I wanted to hit on today were Bob Melvin's future and Juan Soto's possible future with the San Diego Padres because there are a couple of rumors out there from bob nightingale and yes i say from bob nightingale and i want to put emphasis on that because bob nightingale has not been correct on everything and i want to also put bob nightingale out there because it's not a san diego beat writer reporting this this is a national reporter reporting this so take it with Multiple grains of salt, a lot of grains of salt, whatever. But it's still out there. And Bob has gotten some things correct in the past. And it's a national report. It's an interesting report. Reports, I should say, about the San Diego Padres. And so, obviously, Padres fans, we're going to talk about them. The tweets that I sent out last night about the information Bob Nightingale put out, there's like 100,000 people that have seen it. So there's obvious interest in it. And so I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of thoughts in the comments, in the chat about this. If you want to join the show and give your thoughts, you can click that link that it's, that's pinned up at the top of the chat. As always, I love giving Padres fans the opportunity to join the show because I don't want it to feel like it's me talking at you. I want it to feel like it's me talking with you. And then obviously in the chat, if you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, just click that dollar sign. That is the super chat button there. And it guarantees that you move to the front of the line and I can see your comment and your question. It supports the channel as well. So I appreciate anyone who does that. 
Uh, just a reminder, you can use my code TalkingFriars for $20 off your order. So if you're going to go to, if you want to go to any of the Padres games, this upcoming homestand, again, 10 games, long homestand, got the Orioles, the D-backs, the Marlins. You can use that code there and that'll help you out. All right. Without further ado, actually, I'll check the chat here first for a little bit just to see what some are thinking here. Yeah, it's a lot on Bob Melvin. Um, and yes, sorry, Matt. Yes, I was. I did schedule this for 11 a.m. And I came on here at like 11.05. I was putting out another video on my other channel on Baseball Struck uh, where I actually did hit on Bob Melvin a little bit. Um, so I was doing that. And then there was some other stuff happening as well. So I'm here, though. And apologies for that. Should have changed the time to 11.05 to start instead of 11. Um, okay. Let's get to Bob Nightingale and his reporting. Should we start with Juan Soto or start with Bob Melvin and Ryan Flaherty? Let's start with Ryan Flaherty because that's the, the title of the show. So I'm going to lead off the show with Bob Melvin and Ryan Flaherty. So this was Bob Nightingale in his Sunday notebook. And this is buried because his Sunday notebook was focused on the Dodgers. And I believe I mentioned this in my show yesterday about just the Dodgers and the culture and why they continue to win, why the smaller players that they bring in, the, the vets that are like past their prime, why do they work out? And the Padres, those that they bring in, the Matt Carpenters, the Nelson Cruz, the Rich Hills, Matt Beatty, remember we had him, Adam Engel, remember him, Trace Thompson, Nomar Rosara, just some names in you know, recent past couple years. Those guys don't really pan out with the Padres, but the Dodgers guys, it seems like they always pan out. So that really seemed like Bob Nightingale's focus for this piece. But then he had some other notes down in the article. And one of them was the following. If the Padres don't reach the postseason, Bob Melvin could take the fall with bench coach Ryan Flaherty, a strong candidate to succeed him. And yes, over 100,000 people have seen this on Twitter, or X is what some people want to call it now. And yes, there were a ton of people that were not happy about this. And I am one of those people. I, I said on Twitter here, oh yeah, that'll fix things. Ryan Flaherty coming in here, that'll fix things. Huh? Well, he's not coming in. He's already in the organization. But him becoming the manager, that's going to fix things. No. I don't see how Ryan Flaherty is going to fix things. Let's let I'm going to throw out some things here, okay? Bob Melvin taking the fall for this, that doesn't make sense. Ryan Flaherty being the manager, that doesn't make sense. AJ Preller continuing to stick around if the Padres miss the postseason, I could argue that doesn't make sense. So there's a lot of doesn't make sense going on here with this possible thing here and Bob Melvin again like I've said previously he doesn't deserve to be the scapegoat he doesn't deserve to take the fall for this Bob Melvin has respect from the players in that clubhouse it's not like it's an Andy Green thing where you got Will Myers playing Fortnite or whatever with Carlos Asuaje and saying relay really in September dude don't have that don't have players clearly not buying into Jace Tingler in, what, 2021? It's not that. No, players respect Bob Melvin. 
So just on that, I think the players are telling you there through their actions and them respecting Bob, it's not on Bob. Put the blame on the players or put it on, I don't know, the guy that's constructing the roster and the guy that's been the GM and the president of baseball operations for this club for almost a decade with one NLCS appearance to show for it. Put it on those people. Don't put it on Bob Melvin. He's not the one making $30 million a year. He's not the one constructing the roster. He's not the one on the mound or in the batter's box or on inside the lines. No, he used to do that in his playing days. That's not him anymore. He is only, yeah, sure, he's, he's making the in-game decisions, and sometimes he's made bad decisions or maybe not bad decisions, but decisions that have just not worked. So they end up looking bad in hindsight, obviously, because it didn't work, right? Sure, he's messed up sometimes. But there's been a lot more messing up, I think, with A.J. Preller and his roster construction and messing up with the players, underwhelming, not doing their jobs, right? And again, I keep going back to that question of, okay, if Bob Melvin goes, who are you bringing in that's going to be better than Bob Melvin? And Ryan Flaherty is not that. Ryan Flaherty is not the answer to the San Diego Padres winning a World Series. And if the Padres, if A.J. Preller really thinks that Ryan Flaherty is the answer, then fire Bob Melvin right now. Let Bob Melvin go and give Ryan Flaherty this chance for the rest of the year to see if he can manage. Because hiring him, if you let Bob Melvin go at the end of the year and hiring him, you're giving him a whole new contract, right? And you're giving him probably the whole 2024 season. Can the Padres afford to do that if Ryan Flaherty's not the guy? And I don't want Bob Melvin to take the fall. I don't think any of this should happen. But if the Padres really believe that Ryan Flaherty is the guy, I guess maybe not the Padres believe, but A.J. Preller, because that's the only guy that really matters, because he can convince Peter Seidler to do anything, pretty much. If A.J. believes that, then let go of Bob Melvin and see if Ryan Flaherty can do anything this year as the manager. And if he can, then A.J. is probably going to keep him. But if he can't, at least you're not wasting all of 2024 as well. Because this year, I don't see them making the postseason. So, I mean, I saw this point being floated out there on social media. I want to give this guy credit because I thought this was pretty brilliant. This would be this would be pretty pretty brilliant of Peter Seidler to allow this to happen or have this happen. Uh, William on social media last night. Fire Bob Melvin tomorrow morning. Announce Ryan Flaherty as interim manager. Let him run the team completely into the ground this season. Fire AJ Preller in October. Hire David Stearns as the president of baseball operations. <laughs> so Peter Seidler, maybe if he doesn't want AJ to continue running the team, you let him fire Bob Melvin because you don't see this team going anywhere. And you think that Bob Melvin's going to be fired by AJ anyway at the end of the year. And I don't want this to happen to Bob Melvin, but just think about this. If Seidler doesn't want AJ here long term, he can have AJ run himself out of the organization by saying, okay, F Bob Melvin, you want him fired? All right, there you go. Sure, you want Ryan Flaherty to come be the manager, test him out? Okay, cool. You're not signing him to a long-term deal, but okay, you'll allow, we'll allow him to be the interim manager. That ends up failing, and then Peter Seidler's like, well, you just fired Bob Melvin, 
the guy that just led us to the NLCS last year. You then had a guy with no actual permanent managerial experience come be the manager. You gave up on Bob Melvin in August of this season. You bring Flaherty in. You have Flaherty be elevated, even though there's Mike Shield on the coaching staff, right? There's Matt Williams on the coaching staff. And you have Ryan Flaherty run it. That doesn't work. You've had all of this time to go get us to the World Series. It hasn't happened. Your trade deadline sucked. At least that's what the results look like right now. Your trade deadline didn't work out. And just look at the results. The results should speak louder than, again, AJ's relationship with Seidler and all that. So Seidler be like, okay, AJ, you're gone. Flaherty's gone as well. You guys can enjoy each other's company. And I'm going to go hire David Stearns. And I think David Stearns, does he want to be with the Padres if AJ is gone? I don't know the answer to that, obviously. We don't know the answer to that. There's a lot of talk about him going to the New York Mets because I believe that's the team that he grew up rooting for as a kid and grew up in that area. So that would make more sense probably. But there's also Billy Epler there. And so does he want Billy Epler there as well? Where with the Padres, he could have full say on pretty much everything. Or he could, you know, be smart about this, unlike AJ, it feels like, at some times. And he could be the top guy and actually let people under him, you know, do their jobs. What a concept, right? It's, it's a wild thing that was thrown out there, but I did see that and was like, wow. I mean... Yeah, just let AJ do what he wants and then fire him at the end of the year. And you bring in someone. It doesn't have to be David Stearns, but maybe maybe if Theo Epstein sees AJ's gone and he's like, well, I believe in some of the talent that's on this team. Got an owner that actually cares. I'll sign up for this. And I can do this like, well, not like the Cubs because that was a little bit different of circumstances, but I could end up being the hero. Go do something that has never happened in this franchise's history. The Cubs, it had happened, but obviously it was over 100 years the last time that they had won the World Series. And he could be the hero, right? It, it can't go worse than what AJ has done, you know? Maybe Theo's interested in that. Maybe David Stearns is interested in that. Maybe James Click is interested in that. Because let's remember, James Click is no longer with the Houston Astros. I think he's. An advisor, I think, with the Blue Jays. Could be wrong on that, but I think that's where he is right now. I don't think it's going to happen. I think AJ stays, but I'm just throwing it out there. I saw that yesterday and was like, that's, that's really intriguing for sure. So, yeah, going back to the Bob Melvin, Ryan Flaherty thing. It would not be a surprise if AJ Preller did this. Because... What we've heard is AJ and Bob, they don't get along together. They don't see eye to eye on everything, which I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But it feels like Bob's just tired of this. And feels like Preller's going to continue to run this organization. It's like Brian Cashman with the Yankees, regardless of what happens. And Brian Cashman's actually been better because he actually, his team actually makes the playoffs pretty much every year. Probably not this year for the Yankees, but you get what I'm saying but he's been there forever. And it feels like that's going to be the same thing with A.J. Preller with the Padres and Peter Seidler as long as 
He is the chairman of this ball club. AJ, he hired Ryan Flaherty. And Ryan Flaherty is a former teammate of Manny Machado's. They're, it seems like they're really close. And so hiring Manny's guy to be the manager, it would make sense. Hiring a guy that doesn't have managerial experience except on an interim basis for like one or two games. I forget how long that was. Less than five games there, I think, last season. Hiring someone like that, he's done it before. Jace Tingler, Andy Green. Don't know what it is with AJ, but he wants to hire guys that don't have a lot of experience. He wants to hire those out-of-the-box guys. And let's remember, AJ denied Ryan Flaherty access to the New York Mets. He, de he denied him of the opportunity to go be the bench coach for the New York Mets, to go interview for that New York Mets job. Why would he do that? Unless he thought very highly of Ryan Flaherty and thought, maybe when Bob Melvin's done, maybe I could have Ryan Flaherty be the manager of this team. And because things are going bad, maybe he'll go to Peter Seiler and be like, look, we got to make a change. And Peter's not going to get rid of AJ. AJ will be able to go up there and be like, yeah, I think if we want to change things, let's let's go in another route and see if this works. Throw it up against the wall, see if it sticks. I don't think it would stick, but that's probably what AJ would do. Again, for Bob Melvin, I don't want him going anywhere, but it feels like he's not going to be back in 2024, whether it's Bob Melvin saying, I'm tired of this, I'm just going to go retire, whether it's AJ Preller deciding to go in another direction, whether it's Peter Seidler making the right move, probably, and just resetting this, bringing in someone else and letting AJ go, which I put at a very low chance of happening, but let someone else come run this and that someone else obviously wants someone new other than bob melvin whatever happens i don't think bob melvin's going to come back next season but i wish he would because i again i don't think this is on him i put this more on aj i put this more on i don't know the guys that are making more money than we'll ever see in our lifetimes not doing their jobs up to the level of expectation this season that's who i put it on but yeah this if the Padres don't reach the postseason, Bob Melvin could take the fall with bench coach Ryan Flaherty, a strong candidate to succeed him. That would suck if that actually happened. If Ryan Flaherty became the manager, and it's nothing really against Ryan Flaherty. It's just that I don't think Bob Melvin deserves it. And I don't think A.J. Preller deserves to hire another manager. And if Bob Melvin, who the players like, this again, this isn't a Jace Tingler, Andy Green situation. If Bob Melvin can't get the job done, why should we expect Ryan Flaherty to be able to do that? And isn't Ryan Flaherty helping Bob Melvin because he's a coach under him in this same coaching staff? Just, I, AJ, AJ just, he's going to run it his way. And man, I sure hope this doesn't happen, but I'm not going to be shocked if it does because we've seen it before. AJ going out, getting rid of the experienced manager and going in and bringing in his guy. 
Hope it doesn't happen. We'll see. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. There was another report from Bob Nightingale in his Sunday notebook. Also, buried in this, says the San Diego Padres are aggressively trying to sign Juan Soto to a contract extension, just as they have all season before having to make a decision this winter whether to keep him or risk losing him as a free agent after 2024. When I read this, I was like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, okay, really? They're, they've been aggressively trying to sign Juan Soto all season? I don't buy that. Juan Soto got off to a slow start this season. They were trying to do it then. The Padres have been not at 500 or over 500 since mid-May. I think a little before that, since May 10th. They haven't been over 500. So should their priority be locking up Juan Soto, who just admitted, by the way, that the team quit during that Mariners series? Their expectation, or excuse me, their priority should be to try to get a contract extension done during the season with Juan Soto. Isn't that supposed to be more of an off-season thing? I want Juan Soto focusing on trying to help the team win every day. I don't need him focused on contract offers. I don't need his agent, Scott Boris, to be focused on that and maybe talking with Juan about that. I don't need that. I want that to be an off-season thing. I want the full priority to be on winning baseball games. And I don't, I'm not going to say that Juan Soto's priority isn't that. But if this is true, again, it's from Bob Nightingale, so take this with multiple grains of salt. might not be true. But if it is, I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel great about the... They're aggressively trying to sign Juan Soto to a contract extension in season. When he's not a free agent till after next season. And in the offseason, they'll have plenty of time to talk to Juan Soto about a contract extension. And they'll have plenty of time to talk about whether they should deal him before he reaches for agency or sign him to an extension or let him walk after 2024. There'll be time for that. But is that is the time now? No, I don't think the best time for that is now. Now, them talking about a Juan Soto extension at any point in time before he reaches for agency, obviously, that should not be a surprise. They gave up. James Wood, Robert Hassel III, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Garland Susanna. Am I forgetting anyone else? They gave up a lot for Juan Soto. And you don't give up all of that and just say, no, it's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go walk. We're not going to make you an offer. We'll have you for two-plus seasons, probably two pennant races, because this one doesn't feel like it's going to actually end up in a pennant race. Uh, hopefully next year will, if they continue to have him on the team, which I think they will. They don't go and get Juan Soto and give up all of that to not make a big effort at bringing him back. Right? But what's the price tag? Like I've been saying, $500 million, some might think he's not worth $500 million, or some might think the Padres shouldn't sign Juan Soto to a $500 million extension. But if the Padres want Juan Soto bad enough long-term 
It's not about what you think he is worth. It's about what are other teams going to be willing to give him. If other teams, if Steve Cohen's going to be willing to give Juan Soto $550 million or even $500 million or $490, whatever, and the Padres don't think he's worth that, that that's not what is the, the big question here. The big question is, is Peter Seidler willing to give him more than what the Mets are? Because it feels like Juan Soto, with a Scott Boris being his agent and all that, it feels like Juan Soto would go to the highest bidder, like Carlos Correa. I know there was the medicals and all that, which was very rare and something that we have like never seen before, where he signed with like three different teams and then ended up going back to the Minnesota Twins, obviously, for much less than his original contracts. But it feels like a Carlos Correa thing, where he, if that team is a contender, and if Juan Soto thinks that team is going to be a contender, then he's going to go sign with the highest bidder. That's what it feels like. And if the Padres don't have success this year, which doesn't seem like they are going to end up having, and if they don't go deep next year, then does Juan Soto want to be here long term? We don't know what his relationship is like with other guys in that clubhouse because it is out there, right? There's a lot of talk about the egos in that clubhouse and some guys maybe playing for themselves on different islands. There was that quote that came out from, I think, Rich Hill over the weekend, right, about the Dodgers and them being so great. Maybe he was talking a little bit about the Padres, but he hasn't been here that long, so I don't really know. But yeah, it's... Does Juan Soto want to be a Padre? I don't think we definitively know the answer to that. And I don't see him signing an extension. Definitely not signing an extension during this season when the San Diego Padres are under 500 and they're not headed for a postseason spot. I just don't see that happening. So maybe what Bob's reporting here is a little bit wrong. Maybe the Padres have talked about a Juan Soto extension and they've tried to reach out to Boris and maybe Soto doesn't want to during the season. So maybe some of it's correct, but they've been trying all season. They're aggressively trying to sign Juan Soto when the team is where they're at right now, when the team is five and a half back of a playoff spot, when they're six games under 500, when they're one and six in their last seven, they're aggressively trying to sign Juan Soto to an extension. I, I just don't buy that. I just don't buy that right now. All right, let's see what some people in the chat think here. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, again, use that super chat button, that dollar sign in the chat. You can join the show as well by clicking the link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. Let's see here. We're probably going to go back and forth between Bob Melvin, Ryan Flaherty, and the Juan Soto thing. Uh, Devin First here says, Ryan Flaherty is not the guy to replace one of the most respected, respectable managers in the game. AJ is the real culprit. He has to leave. No question about it. Yeah, but will Peter Seidler show AJ the door? I just don't think so. You know, we can, and I'm going to continue to think that AJ should be gone if they miss the postseason and he's the common denominator and all that. But what matters the most is Peter Seidler and Peter Seidler thinks A.J. Preller is excellent. So that's where we have the issue there, right? We can love Peter Seidler for spending the money and being a fan and really caring about the Padres, but 
feels like he does have that AJ Preller blind spot, and he really trusts him. Now, he has more of a personal relationship with AJ. He knows, obviously, what goes on inside that organization more than fans do. Obviously, he's the owner of the team. But results have to speak louder than anything else right now. And the results are AJ Preller has one NLCS appearance. And that's in the middle of a collapse in 2021. And in 2023, probably is going to end up as the most disappointing season in San Diego Padres history. Matt says, Ryan Flaherty isn't the guy for anything. He was a dreadful player for his entire Orioles tenure. Yeah, but there, there have been successful managers in baseball that didn't have this amazing big league career, right? I think of Alex Cora. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? No, but I think he's regarded as one of the better managers in baseball. Bruce Bochy, did he have a Hall of Fame career? Right, like there are guys that I can point to Bob Melvin's been successful as well. Did he have this amazing big league career? Sure, he played, but he wasn't Yachty Molina or anything like that. So, you know, there's there's plenty of guys that have that played weren't tremendous, but have been successful managers. So, I don't I don't want to bring Ryan Flaherty's playing career really into this. It's just more like it feels like he's Manny's guy, and you know, the relationship they had with Baltimore probably plays into that as well. And Preller hired Ryan Flaherty. He denied Ryan Flaherty to go talk to the Mets. So you take those signs and it's like, well, would it really surprise you if Preller goes and has Ryan Flaherty be Bob Melvin's successor? Not a whole lot. It would, it would be disappointing. I don't think it should happen. But it wouldn't be surprising if AJ did it. But I don't think it makes sense. Devin says, this is another Preller dilemma all over again. Scapegoat the manager and hire yet another yes man in the office in order to not oppose A.J. Preller. Yep. Uh, Devin again, Flaherty can't fix the, the dreadful offense. How does anyone think Flaherty will be any better than Bowmel? It doesn't make any sense. I think Preller would just go to Peter and be like, well, I'm not get, I'm not seeing eye-to-eye eye with Bob Melvin. Obviously, we didn't make the postseason this past season. I think we should have a change, and I believe in Ryan Flaherty. And Peter Seidler believes in A.J. Preller, so if A.J. is going to tell Peter, I believe in this guy, then maybe Peter's going to allow Preller to make another managerial hire. Again, I don't think that's the right thing. But maybe that's some maybe that's what Peter believes is the best thing for the Padres to do. Matt says Flaherty is only on this team because Manny wanted him here. Is that I I think Manny wanted him here, but I think AJ believes in Ryan. If he didn't believe in Ryan, wouldn't he have just let Ryan interview for the Mets bench coach job? which I think would have been under Buck, right? Under Buck Showalter. And obviously Flaherty played for Buck Showalter, so there was the relationship there. Uh, Greasy Strangler says, this season has been the most disappointing of all from a fan standpoint. Yeah, I can agree. Did anyone see Kevin Acey's chart? I posted this on my Twitter, my, where the, my Padres content is, at Talking Friars. 
my personal stuff is at Ben Fadden SD for anyone that didn't know. But Kevin AC, obviously on his, he puts out that Padres daily newsletter and he put out a chart. He's done this, I think, numerous points at numerous points this season. But there are a ton of games that he puts here where the Padres had leads and just like really disappointing losses where it's a lot of missed opportunities. April 4th against the Diamondbacks, Padres led 5-1 in the fifth inning, lost 8-6. April 13th against Milwaukee, Padres tied the game in the eighth, lost 4-3 in 10 innings. Um, May 6th and 7th against the Dodgers, lose both of those games. May 10th and May 11th against the Twins, Padres tied the game in the eighth, took the lead in the 10th, lost 4-3 in 11. Next day, Padres score first, regain the lead twice before the Twins go ahead in the seventh and win 5-3. The 27th against the Yankees. Padres come back, take the lead in the 7th. They lose 3-2 in 10 innings. Um, later in that road trip against the Miami Marlins, Padres led for 6 innings before the Marlins scored both their runs in the ninth for a 2-1 victory. Then we go to June, June 11th, against the Rockies in Colorado. Rockies tied in the 8th. Padres retake a lead in the ninth in position, but the Rockies win 5-4 with two homers in the ninth. Uh, the 19th. 20th and 21st, three days in a row against the Giants. Giants score two in the ninth, then they score three in the 10th to win. Giants score once in each of the final three innings on the 20th, they win 4-3. 21st, Giants take advantage of a controversial call at the plate and hold on for a 4-2 victory. We go to the Pirates series. The 29th, Padres come back with three runs in the seventh for a five, or excuse me, not Padres, Pirates come back with three runs in the seventh for a 5-4 win that completes a sweep. That was the Tim Hill game where Padres had a lead, throws it down the line, couple runs score, game's tied, and they end up losing that game. Then the Cincinnati series, right, where there was the fight that they showed. They tie the game in the ninth, take the lead in the tenth, take the lead in the eleventh, uh, and then they end up losing 7-5. We go to the Philly series where there were opportunities there, and Bryce came through with the big hit for the Phillies again, and just the bullpen kind of imploding there. And then Pittsburgh at home, July 26, Padres get, have a, they have a 3-2 lead, bases loaded with one out. Excuse me, they were down 3-2, that's right. Down 3-2, and then there were a couple quick outs. Grish, I believe, struck out to end that game. Like, they gave you hope. They were teasing you, just like they have all season long. Oh, there's the talent. Oh, they have a really good game. And then they collapse at the end. They can't continue to play well, right? Uh, the Dodgers games, obviously, that Friday Dodger game where they had a lead, then they had a 5 nothing lead on that Monday game. They lose that. And then the latest wing, uh, the latest one, excuse me, comes in the series finale, obviously. Yesterday, Padres go up 3 nothing in the first, and they lead 4-2 with eight outs to go, and then they lose the Diamondbacks. That is a ton of games there. And maybe you you guys probably didn't want to hear all of that, but that brings back a ton of bad memories from this season. That's just this season. That's a lot of games. If they would have been able to just hold leads on like half of those games, they'd be in a postseason spot, maybe. If not, they'd be right there instead of being six games under 500 and being five and a half games back of a postseason spot. Jennifer says Flaherty sucks. I don't want to say Flaherty sucks because I'm not in there. I don't know what information he's giving to the players. Is he preparing the players enough? Like, what is his actual job? He's, he's, I think he helps players, like, prepare for pitchers. 
Um, he, his title is bench coach slash offensive coordinator. And then Ryan Christensen, who is really the bench coach, right? He, I think, is like the associate manager or whatever. I think if you put like, so Bob Millen's at the top of the coaching staff. And then I think it's Christensen right underneath. And then it's probably Flaherty. Maybe Flaherty and Niebler are on like the same. One's just hitting and one's pitching. But like that's how the Padres view Ryan Flaherty, it feels like. They like they really value him. Obviously, AJ Preller does. So I don't want to say he sucks, but he just doesn't have the managerial experience. And how do you get experience? By doing it. So maybe he has to go to the minor leagues to go get that experience. But where the Padres are at, I don't think giving AJ the chance to go hire another guy, a guy that was on the coaching staff, like shouldn't Ryan Flaherty be hel helping Bob Melvin? So why would you have someone that's on this staff already come and be the new manager when that, that person was already in the organization trying to help the Padres and they, the Padres still couldn't get the job done, you know? Chad says Preller is in way over his head. If Seidler doesn't realize that, then Seidler is just as clueless as Preller. The ineptitude of this franchise is laughable at this point. Jennifer says we need Guillen or Girardi. I don't know. I mean, again, like Bob Melvin, if Bob Melvin can't do it, then Han who can? It goes back to my point of like, this is on the roster construction with AJ. This is on the players not doing their jobs good enough. That's how I feel. I don't think Ozzie Guillen would make this team a postseason team or Joe Girardi would make this team a postseason team. There's probably a strong argument against Joe Girardi because when he got canned from Philly, Rob Thompson led his team to the World Series. And Ozzie Guillen, I think he'd make for uh, great content because he's a big personality and it feels like he's, you know, Rich Hill is very straightforward to the media, like crappy performance, sucked, at least the small experience that we have with Rich Hill here and the quotes that we see. Padres don't, you know, let me in the clubhouse or anything like that or, you know, uh, they don't allow me to have a credential. So I'm just reading what every other Padres fan is. Um, what we have seen from the Padres and Bob Melvin, like, again, I, I go back to the players. It seems like they like Bob Melvin. And Ozzie Guillen, that would change everything around. Would players like Ozzie Guillen? Maybe. But seems like players like Bob Melvin. So why get rid of Bob Melvin then if, you know, the players like him anyway? Still, they still have great respect for him. I still put it on AJ. I put it on the players. And I put some fault in Bob. Again, I don't want to say it's like Bob, there's no fault here for him. No blame. There is blame, but I'm not putting it all on Bob. I'm not going to put it to the point of, yeah, you're gone because we didn't make the postseason. It's on you. No, how about put it on the guy that construct that gave him the ingredients? Right? If you're trying to make a certain food and you don't have the ingredients for it, then you can't make it. That's on the cook. No, you don't have the ingredients for it, you know? And maybe Bob had the ingredients, but I don't I don't know what comparison I, or what metaphor or whatever I can say here, but maybe he had the right ingredients, like the right talent, but the ingredients didn't perform the way that they were expected to perform, if that makes sense, with the players. Just 
having disappointing performances. And here's another thing that I, I keep having in my head. It keeps going around in my head. Like, Bob Melvin. So let's get this straight. He was a good manager in 2022 when he managed the team to the NLCS, but he forgot how to manage this season, so he deserves to go. Like, I don't buy that. Like, that's if Bob Melvin goes, it's clearly because he's a scapegoat. It's clearly because of that. Yeah, Theo Epstein, I'm seeing that in the chat. I don't know if he wants to be a part of this Padres organization. Maybe he's just happy being with Major League Baseball, which is the role that he's at now. And just helping with rules and trying to improve the game. He's already done his part. He's already won a world, I think, multiple, right? Didn't he win multiple World Series with the Red Sox? Or at least one. Then he went to the Cubs, won a World Series there. He might be good. Is he going to be a Hall of Fame executive of one day? Maybe. He, he, I think some, of, some people in baseball would say he deserves to be. So maybe he's just good. Yes, no name. I think the players like Bob Melvin. All right, I'll get back to the chat here after this break. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, back to the chat here. Matt says, fire Bob Melvin and have Hater manage since he never, pitch he never pitches and manages himself anyway. Yeah, that's... That might be one of the issues as well. But I guarantee you that Bob Melvin's not sitting there and being like, yeah, I'm looking at all, you know, because I do see, I'm not talking to you, Matt, but I'm just seeing some people on social media, they want Bob Melvin fired. They don't think he knows what he's doing sometimes. I guarantee you he's not looking at his bullpen chart or whatever they use. And he and Ruben Niebler are sitting there and being like, Josh Hader's available. Yeah, not using him. 
nope, I want to go to Luis Garcia. He's not doing that. I think Josh Hader has limitations on him. I think that he has probably told the Padres, like, if you're going to pitch me, please try to pitch me in a closing situation. Pitch me in the ninth inning. Or let me know before the game that I'm going to pitch in the eighth inning if it's a tie game or something like that. Like, let me know. Don't just call the bullpen in the game and say, you're up in the seventh inning, Josh, or you're going to pitch multiple innings tonight. He's, I think, yes, he has restrictions on him. And he's also, you know, a free agent at the end of the year. And he probably sees the same thing that we do. This Padres team's not going to go the whole way. So he's probably looking out for his future Look, because he doesn't want to get hurt. Less than the chances of him getting hurt. So he's going to say, hey, I'm a closer. Pitch me in a closing situation or pitch me one inning. Pitch me back-to-back days. Don't pitch me three days in a row. Pitch me back-to-back days. If that's what you want to do, pitch me in the ninth inning, a closing situation. But he's probably looking out for himself. And as a Padres fan, I want him to pitch in like any situation because I the urgency, I like I want that urgency there. But I do, I'm I'm not gonna crap on him for doing that because it's not like the Padres team, this Padres team is one game back of a postseason spot. You know, if they're there and he's still doing this, then yeah, that's probably an issue. But they're five and a half games back. You know, I think the Padres, they got to get to him more, give him more closing situations, and then he'll be pitching more often. Like the guys in front of him got to do their job better, I think. And the Padres, they're not going to have Josh go be pitching in the seventh inning every day. Because, oh, that's the top of the lineup, and maybe the game could be decided there, and we'll figure it out later. I've thought about that sometimes this year. Like, the urgency needs to be there. But the guys that Bowmill has gone to, those guys are going to be able to hold it down in the ninth inning or the eighth inning. And how about those guys just do their job in the seventh inning, and then you can get to Josh Hader. And you can get to Suarez, you know? Ocean View Coffee Crew asks, why did we load up on the designated hitter spot instead of stacking the bullpen? Well, they did acquire Scott Barlow at the deadline, and they needed they needed a DH. They needed them. Because the DH position was Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz a lot of this season. And Matt Carpenter has not played in weeks. And he's not, don't, don't think that Matt Carpenter is going to have an at-bat here. That would be unfair to Matt Carpenter at this point and expect him to come and do really well. He's going to need like a, a new spring training to be ready because he hasn't played in weeks. So yeah, you're, you're putting yourself in a tough spot. If you're Matt Carpenter or the Padres are putting you in a tough spot, I should say, if they're expecting you to come up in the eighth inning in a big spot and go deliver when you've been sitting on the bench for weeks, you know? So I think they're just waiting till the off season. They're going to use him as a mentor. They're okay playing with 25 guys. And they just think that the guys that are on this roster, they've got to play better. And their roster is constructed with not a lot of bench options actually going and impacting the team every day. Right? Juan Soto's not going to be on the bench. Tatis isn't going to be on the bench. Manny's not. Bogart's not. Cronenworth's not. Kim's not. Like, that's a lot of pieces that they're just, you're, you're not going to have them on the bench. So, 
they probably don't feel the need to have an actual guy, have Ben Gamble or whoever, someone like that, be up at the big league level. And so they're fine with having Matt Carpenter sit there. And then in the offseason, they will probably try to package him in a deal to see if they can get out of that salary for 2024. That's what they're waiting on, I would think. Because if not, then they would just not have him on the team, I would think. Uh, yeah, Irie says here, Boone about to lose his job at the Yankees. I don't know about that. I think Yankee fans are pissed off about it. They're pissed off about where their team sits, and they're probably pissed off at Aaron Boone. They're pissed off at Brian Cashman because he didn't really do anything at the deadline for them. But I don't know. It feels like there's been a lot of injuries there, and Brian Cashman doesn't look like he's going to be going anywhere. Seems like he has a job for the rest of his career with the Yankees as long as he wants to do it. And sure, like the Yankees, they might think that they can bring in someone better than Aaron Boone, but is it more on Aaron Boone or is it more on Brian Cashman and their roster construction? You know, it feels like it's kind of the same question as with the Padres. Is it more on Bob Melvin or is it more on the players not doing their job, some injuries, and A.J. Preller's roster construction? I see Devin bring up this point. Bomo has called out the players, and the players don't respond. Okay, but what I would say about that is, who are the best managers in baseball right now? Bruce Bochy, Kevin Cash. I put Alex Cora up there. Terry Francona. Do you put Dave Roberts there because he's managing the Dodgers and they're always winning? Uh, Brandon Hyde. I mean, he's the Orioles are having a really good season. Whoever you put up there, yeah, that's not. We're not really arguing who the best managers in baseball are. I'm just going to make a point. You have Bruce Bochy come manage this Padres team. Are the San Diego Padres in a postseason spot right now? If Bochy was managing this team, I don't think so. Because he would change him yelling at players or what, whatever he would do. That's going to change the players' performance. I don't think so. This is on the players, and it's on AJ Breller as well. I don't think this is a switch the manager thing and this season would have turned out completely differently. I just refuse to believe that. And Manny Machado, by the way, he has called out the clubhouse, hasn't he? Juan Soto has done it. Joe Musgrove has talked about it. Urgency. Uh, Xander Bogarts has had some comments to the media. You know, earlier in the year, come on, it's the Nationals. I mean... They don't have postseason aspirations. Come on, really? He's said stuff too. So there's been plenty of people that have called out the clubhouse. And so they're not responding to that either. So again, is it on Bob Melvin? Is it on those players that called out the clubhouse? Is it on them? Or is it just who cares about who's calling out who? The guys just need to go out and play better baseball. Chad says, I've been numb since that series in Cincinnati. I mean, yeah. Was Cincinnati after? Yeah, I think Cincinnati was after the, 
the uh, San Francisco series. When the Padres dropped three out of four there, I feel like I've been numb since then. I don't think I was numb when Mookie hit that home run off of Hater and they won that game and then everything that happened after that. I mean, because that was really early on in the season and there was definitely still way more hope then than now. But there's been, I could point to games way back like since then where it's like, well, there's some bad signs here. I mean, if we're being honest, there were bad signs in spring training where Xander Bogarts was telling Ben and Woods, like, yeah, even though my numbers aren't that bad in a certain spot, I think it was like the two hole or whatever. I, 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 that's the one spot I've told Bob, I don't want to hit there. And it's like, whoa, that, that's kind of a red flag there. You just got your money, Xander. And I love Xander because I, I think that he really, truly does care about winning and he does hold himself accountable. I like Xander. But it's like, you just got $280 million. And if you have good numbers there, then hit there. Don't tell the manager where you don't want to hit, especially if you have good numbers there. It's not like you don't have your money. You just got your money. Go be a team player and do whatever it takes. Hit wherever the manager thinks it's best for you to hit to help the team go win ball games. I had a there was a red flag right there for me, right there. And then then there's been more red flags about Manny thinking there's no urgency. And then one day he says, No, there is urgency. Then he goes back to going at Kevin AC and like there's what'd he say? I forget what he said, but pretty much like, oh, oh uh, what was it? was it desperate was the word um I, f- I forget what the word was but it was i think it was the last homestand no we're not desperate we're not desperate no we're not it's like well isn't that the problem shouldn't you be desperate shouldn't you be playing with that urgency and then juan soto with the quitting obviously that was just recently but there's another huge red flag there's been a bunch this season Um, just continuing to go through the chat here. A lot of chatting going on about or in amongst you guys. So I love that in the chat. But I'm just trying to look for some good points or questions that I want to bring up here. I think that's going to do it here. Yeah, I mean... I could preview, you want me to preview Padres Orioles here for a little bit? I can do that for a couple minutes, but I mainly got out my main points, got some stuff off my chest that I wanted to with you guys about the Padres and Soto and Bob Melvin, Ryan Flaherty. I think that would be stupid if Ryan Flaherty ends up being the manager of this team, but if AJ Preller is still here, I'm not going to count that possibility out, and I wouldn't be shocked by it. Again, I think it would be stupid, but I wouldn't be shocked by it. All right, Padres and the Orioles tonight. The Orioles, they enter today 73-45. and 45. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They have just won a couple games in a row against the Seattle Mariners, and they just got back Cedric Mullins. So I'm sure that's going to be fun to face Cedric Mullins in this series. huh? Here are the pitching matchups. At least these are the expected pitching matchups in this series. Grayson Rodriguez for Baltimore. You Darvish for the Padres tonight. Flaherty 
tomorrow against Michael Walker. Michael Walker returning from the IL. He's been out for a while. We'll see how effective he is. And I wouldn't expect him to go six or seven innings. And then on Wednesday, it's going to be Dean Kramer against Blake Snell. So Wednesday feels like a must-win game. I mean, all these do. And I know fans are going to keep saying that, you know, in the comments and all that. Today, it, all of these games are must-win because of the hole that they keep digging. They're, they're technically all not, right? But the urgency certainly needs to be there. If they get swept by Baltimore, if they lose two out of three and other teams ahead of them have good series, then they could be in serious trouble. And then on top of it, if they don't have a good series against the D-backs, if they lose like five out of seven combined against the D-backs and the Marlins, then the season's over. I think a lot of Padres fans still think the season's over. Um, and I think some Padres fans would say it's unacceptable if they lose this series to the Orioles. But I don't expect them to win this series. It's the Baltimore Orioles. Why should... Why... Maybe I should expect them because the Padres somehow, except, except the Dodgers, but they find ways to hang in there against really good teams. But no, it's, it's the Baltimore Orioles. They have 73 wins. The Padres are under 500. They're one in six in their last seven games, I think is what I said earlier, right? They shouldn't win this series. Now, Arizona and Miami, that's a little bit different. But the Orioles... They shouldn't win this series. So I will be happy with taking two out of three and then play really good baseball the rest of the homestand against Arizona and Miami. If they want to go make that push to get back in the wild card race, because right now it doesn't feel like they're even in the wild card race because they've got three teams ahead of them and then Miami. So four teams. You're in the race when you're like Arizona. You're two and a half back. The Padres are three back behind that. Five and a half back. There's still a little bit of separation there. So I don't think they're in it. They got to get back in it. All right. That's it. Talking Prayers episode 445. Thank you so much for the time. Just a quick reminder here at the end of this show, use my code Talking Prayers, $20 off your SeatGeek order. So if you want to go to one of the Padres games this upcoming homestand, I'm going to help you out with that link there. And then BreakingT.com, great San Diego sports swag, Padres, Aztecs, Wave, Click that link that's in the description. Great shirts. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. Um, San Diego. Hopefully, he's going to start playing. He's actually been playing better since the quarter zone shot. But hopefully, some more runs are driven in by Xander. We'll see. All right, that's it. Talk to you all later. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate all the support.